Welcome to season two of the Coach Pony podcast, where our goal is to help you learn the critical business skills that you need to succeed as a coach. In this season, we'll explore many of the different ways coaches can make money and take an honest look at what you can actually earn. So if you're debating between group coaching and private coaching, or can't decide if you should write a book or host a retreat, this is the season for you. In this episode, we'll be taking a much closer look at running retreats, or as I like to think about it, taking your business on a fabulous vacation. And we'll unpack some of the pros and cons, some of which will surprise you. So let's get down to business. I love retreats. After all, who doesn't want to get paid to take an awesome vacation and help people at the same time? But I'm guessing you may have questions about how retreats work. Hey, Christy, it's Clark again. The idea of getting paid to take a vacation, that sounds fabulous. But I've heard good and bad things about retreats. A lot of good and a lot of bad. And as a new coach, as a baby coach, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they're right for me. What more can you tell me? I'm glad you asked because retreats can be a super special challenge for your business. They are sometimes a bit of a special flower. But before we get to all of that, let's clarify what I mean when I say retreat. A retreat, for our understanding right now, is usually a small group of people, maybe three people to 20 or 25 people, that you take to a special location for a few days of intense work together. They often include meals like breakfast, lunch, or dinner, but can also include hotel rooms and other extras like group bonding experiences or pampering. On the surface, retreats seem like an absolute no-brainer for you to do as a coach. And they do have some absolutely fabulous pros. I am loving this idea that I can host a retreat somewhere fabulous where a bunch of my clients can get together and talk ideas, relax, enjoy themselves, get away from the general stress of their daily lives. Can you talk more about this fabulous vacation concept you've brought up? Yes, you've hit the nail on the head. The very first pro of retreats is that you get paid to take a vacation. (sighs) But seriously, it's super fun to have your business support both your travel and your creativity, and retreats allow you to do both. A second pro of retreats that I personally really love is that you can get your hands on people and really work with them. I never wanted to full-time private coach in the long term for years and years and years, but when I transitioned to full-time group coaching and do-it-yourself programs, I missed the hands-on rush of working with people closely, which is why I offered career retreats once a year. They were a great way to scratch an itch without really exhausting me or exhausting you or requiring a long-term commitment to your clients. Another pro of retreats is that they are fun and exciting. Getting away from the daily grind and your rut can give you all sorts of new insights for your business, separate from your actual retreat content. In addition, a new location can be a bomb to your soul as you take in new experiences and work with people in a different format. Sometimes they say a change is as good as a rest. Another pro of retreats is that you can have repeat clients come back year after year. Once you finish with private clients, for instance, you can offer them a chance to come to your retreat each year for a check-in or a top-up or just a great experience. Done right, this can make retreats easier to sell out over time. Excellent. 
all the pros sound as good as I expected them to sound, and I know there are some downsides. So, as a new coach, as a baby coach, <laughs> I'd love to know what the cons are. And please, please be brutally honest. Clark, you're right. There are definitely some cons to doing retreats. The first con of retreats is one I cannot state enough. Retreats are often the least profitable part of your business. And here's why. They require the most upfront sunk costs. From renting a conference room or a house, to providing food or other extras, to your own travel and expenses, things can add up really quickly. It's very easy to lose money on retreats or not to make any money at all once you tally up everything that you've spent. Given that they take a lot of time to plan and deliver, this is less than ideal. Another con of retreats is that they take a massive effort to sell in the beginning. But seriously, they are more difficult to sell than other things because potential clients have two levels of buying pain to go through. First and foremost, the pain of just spending money and buying a retreat ticket. Owie. Anytime we spend money, we think about it. There's a little bit of pain. Ouch. But second, the pain of buying airfare and or hotel rooms if your retreat involves travel. Ouch. This double pain often stops people from signing up. Another downside of retreats is that they can require a long lead time. If you are a new coach, and I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this, then you probably don't have a huge email list or following. So if you want to sell out a retreat and fill every seat, you're going to likely need to start selling it months in advance and allow for two really big sales pushes, one at the beginning when you announce the retreat and initially open up seats, and one near the end as you get close to the retreat. And here's why. You've seen October conferences and events that start selling tickets in March or April, right? This is why, because people take a long time to make up their minds. Some are ready to purchase and commit months out, but some are not, and it just takes time. And those months of selling can be exhausting. As I said before, some people can commit early, some cannot commit until the absolute last minute, and you'll have to account for both unless you are very lucky and sell it out right away. And while you're doing that, it can take time and energy from the rest of your business. A final con of retreats is that they can make you look really bad. For instance, what if you plan a retreat, sign a contract with a hotel, get all the stuff in order, and then only sell two of 20 spaces? What do you do then? Do you cancel? Do you hold a retreat for two people after you've promised them a community of 20? There's a lot of risk in running a retreat because you don't know if you will fill it or not, especially if your business is new and you are just starting to build your community. Remember to always have a plan in mind for the worst case scenario if you're thinking about running a retreat before you sign any contracts or crack open that bottle of champagne. Okay, good to know. I suspect I already know the answer to this question. What do you think? <laughs> Should a newer coach like me, host a retreat? Great question. And my answer is probably not. Retreats are much easier to plan and to pull off when you already have a raving fan base and a solid handle on your business with a supportive community. 
as a new coach, the level of effort involved, difficulty, risk, and investment makes them a tough choice. So I'd recommend saving them until you are a slightly more experienced owner with the core base of clients. Okay, yes, this all makes sense. But before I decide, what does the money part of a retreat actually look like? That's a great question, and let's do some money math. But I have to say before we dive in that the answer for this one is really difficult. Retreats are tough for money math because they have so many different kinds of expenses, and many of them are optional and or vary by location. So it's therefore really hard to quantify how much they might cost you or how much money they might bring in. If you host a retreat for five people and don't pay for hotels or food or beverages and you're in an inexpensive location, it'll be much cheaper. But if you host a luxury retreat in the middle of New York City and pay for a lot of stuff, it's going to be a totally different ballgame in terms of expenses. However, let's just take a crack anyway, and this will be very, very general because retreats are, again, very difficult to figure out. But as a rule of thumb, you can expect to spend at least 25% and maybe up to 50% or even a little bit more of your revenue for the retreat on sunk costs like your hotel room, your flights, the venue, meals, materials, AV support, your flip chart, and any other assorted expenses you might accrue. If we were to unpack this a little bit, let's say you offer a treat to five people and you charge $4,000 per person for three nights. The retreat includes three nights in a hotel, three meals a day, and overall, if you sell it out, you'll make $20,000 in gross revenue, which is not bad for three days of work. But if we break it apart a little bit, let's say the hotel costs a couple hundred dollars per night per person and food is $100 per person a day, plus you have to pay for your meeting space, your travel, and other expenses. And if you add all of that up, the hotel rooms for your guests your room, your meeting space, food, extras, you're probably going to spend somewhere between eight to $10,000 or even a little bit more on costs, depending on where you host the retreat. Meaning you'll bring home $12,000 or less in profit per retreat. If you did three retreats a year at the above rates and sold them all out, you'd bring home around $36,000 in profit per year. Plus you'd get three fun, all expenses paid trips. Yeah, the money, math, the numbers, that all makes sense to me. But I'm still intrigued. If I wanted to get started hosting retreats, how would I get started with that? Do you have some steps that I can take just system how to systematically approach this process? You know I love to talk simple steps, so let's dive in. Step one, set a goal or outcome for the retreat. What will your clients walk out the door having completed? How will they feel at the end of the retreat? What will have changed for them by spending this time with you? Step two, design the high-level agenda that will meet that goal. How many days do you need on the retreat to help your clients achieve that feeling or that accomplishment? Here's a tip. Two to four days is usually about right for a retreat. Less makes it not worth the trip or the expense, and more makes it too difficult for most people to get away from work and family. Step three, review venues and get pricing. 
it's really important to put together a solid budget projection for retreats. So make sure that you talk to different hotels and venues and get ideas on what things costs. Remembering that prices vary greatly by both location and by the season. If it's low season, things will be cheaper. So do your research and review all of the costs involved before you decide what you're going to include in the price of the retreat ticket and what you will not include. Step four, plan your launch. So how will you sell the retreat early on? And how will you sell the retreat late in the game? How are you going to market it and grab people's attention? And what is your refund policy or your backup plan if no one or too few people sign up? Step five, set the date and start launch phase one. Remember, you want to start advertising the retreat months ahead of time. Step six, plan the second marketing push closer to the final enrollment period. You'll need that second big push when the retreat date gets closer to get folks who couldn't commit earlier into your retreat, unless you already have a large community and you were able to sell it out. Make sure you do have an idea for a second marketing push to get their attention just in case you need it. Step seven, get some help. You will most likely need a second person there with you for logistics to handle anything weird that comes up during the retreat while you're busy hosting. A spouse, a friend, another coach, a task rabbit that you hire, anyone who can be on standby to help you out will be a huge part of the retreat success and will lower your stress. So I'll be honest, I am one of those people who likes to think of themselves as being handy with tools, but I could still use some help. Can you tell me what tools you think I might need going forward with potentially hosting retreats? Of course I can. And with that, to share tools, let me get to our tools lightning round. As always, since tools are sweet, I want to be sponsored by chocolate. And today's chocolate is the Giardelli chocolate morsels that come in a bag that you're supposed to bake with, but someone, and I'm not saying who, might have had for breakfast today. And of course, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Marketing Masterclass. If you need help finding paying clients for your retreat, that's called marketing. Learn how to do it correctly over at coachpony.com forward slash marketing. Okay, here is our tools lightning round. Tool number one, you'll need a website page or a PDF handout that details what's included in the retreat. Retreats are one area where you don't have to have a formal website sales page if you have a beautiful PDF document that you can share with your potential clients. Tool number two, an Excel spreadsheet or Word document for budget tracking to make sure that you stay profitable. Tool number three, an event or logistics coordinator to help you plan. If you're doing a larger retreat, the hotel will be able to help you with this, but it's also great to grab a friend and think through every possible step so you don't miss anything. Tool number four, a payment method. PayPal or Stripe is good here, and you can also take checks. But if you're doing retreats, you do need to have a credit card option of some sort and be prepared to offer a payment plan. Just make sure that you grab all the payment and have it complete before the retreat begins. Tool number five, a designer or Canva to help you create lovely branded materials for your retreat, whether it's a beautiful banner for a website page or a gorgeous PDF to hand to prospective clients. 
tool number six. Email, of course, this is a tool you'll use in every business model, but it's very helpful to talk with prospective clients and of course, communicate with them about the weather, what they should pack and what they should expect. So Clark, did I answer all of your questions about retreats? Yes, totally. Questions answered. But I would really like to hear some real world examples of retreats in action. I would like to hear some of your personal experiences and stories, the good and the bad. Did the retreats that you've hosted in the past go well? Spare no details. I am more than happy to tell you my inside secrets. So if you want to hear more about retreats, tune in to our next episode of the Coach Pony podcast, where I will share my personal story of not one, but two epic retreat disasters and what I did about them. And that's it for retreats, except once you've got your retreat ready to go, how do you find clients to buy it given you've got to do so much marketing to sell it out? Well, don't worry. Marketing your business does not have to be terrifying or overwhelming, but you do need to avoid a few common mistakes. So if you want to know what they are and how to avoid them and get help on your business right away, come on over to coachpony.com forward slash marketing to learn how to find paying clients for your business. When you do, you'll get access to a completely free in-depth marketing masterclass, which is going to save you time and tears and hopefully get you on that paid vacation just a little bit faster. Plus, we'll get to hang out a little bit longer. You can find it at coachpony.com forward slash marketing. And in the meantime, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on our next episode where I'm going to talk about all of my epic retreat disasters. So with that, I'll see you next time.